0: Have you ever been in the process of cooking a meal and it goes so horribly wrong that you are thankful for frozen pizza? Yes, I've, I've, I've been there a few times, more, more than once. Um, your plans just have to change. You have to come up with something else to do. Last week, Pastor Mike started our service, and he gave you guys instructions that if he got into a coughing fit, he was going to walk out that door, and you guys were going to walk out that door. <clears throat> Until this morning, I haven't seen the man all week. And seriously, Tuesday, we, we chatted back and forth a little bit after that funeral. Um, he expressed his concern over not having a voice. And then Wednesday morning, he called me, and he sounded kind of like, Buddy, I need you. And I'm, I think he said, Buddy, I need you. Um, and he, he asked me, Can you go Sunday? And I said, Of course, boss. So I was in the middle of finishing my lesson for, Grav- for Velocity on Wednesday and, and chatting with my gravity teachers and, and getting their stuff all prepared for Sunday. And um, then it dawned on me that I had a youth trip that was going to take all literally all day and parts of the night long Saturday. And I had said, yeah, boss, I got you. Um, And the last thing he told me was just just to prepare, speak from my heart. And my heart was saying, what the heck am I going to do? Plan A was no longer in effect. I remember a quote that I heard once about plan A. We'll put it up on the screen for you. It says, if plan A didn't work and the alphabet has 25 more letters, stay cool. So here we are in the middle of a series that we had planned on families barreling down on Thanksgiving. It's been mentioned a couple of times already today. And I don't know about your family, but in our family, plans tend to change around the holidays. That's just the way things work. I can't tell you how many times I've had to stop and buy clothes or something because Somebody forgot something. Heaven forbid one of the kids gets sick in the car while we're headed somewhere and we have to make an adjustment. Or somebody's late getting to dinner, so dinner time changes. And you've got dinner with one family, and then you've got to go to dinner with the next family. And one time changes, so the next time changes, and everything. Or they just change dinner time and don't don't tell anybody. I know this isn't unique to my family, right? Life will teach you sometimes that plans change. As I've gotten older, I've learned that the plans changing aren't what makes the things hard. It's how we react to those plans changing that that does make things hard. Kids get sick. Cars have maintenance issues. Weather happens. I could go on and on and on about the ways things change, but my week changed because Pastor Mike's week changed, and here we are with what's on my heart. What do we do when things change? I'll tell you how I handle change has changed over the years. I can remember a military trip that I took one time with two things to accomplish. The first thing, we were headed up into South Carolina to, to do some hazmat stuff, to get certified in transporting hazmat. We went up there and did that, and on the way back, we had a trip into uh, in between Augusta and here to work with some fighter jets um, in the Wadley area, um, and... We're driving down 95, trying to get back to, because we had a a specific time we had to be there, and um, at one of those bridges along one of those lakes along 95, traffic stopped, and 15 minutes of just sitting there, and when I say just sitting there, I literally mean in park for 15 minutes, I started going, we might need to come up with a change of plans. I jumped out of the truck and I ran up to a semi-truck because those guys can see things. Traffic's moving the other way. All of them have CBs. I'm sure somebody in the semi-truck knows what's going on. And this guy in the semi-truck tells me there's a jackknife semi-truck on the bridge. We're going to be here for a while. And I went, oh man, I got to figure this out. I got two pilots and two F-16s trying to figure out what they're going to do with me in Wadley in two hours. And I got to figure out how to get there. So we start making phone calls, and I look at my buddy who's in the, in the passenger seat of the truck, and I said, I need you to pull up a map on your phone and find me a way around this lake. And he says, okay, and he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm backing up a little bit, and there's a hole in that guardrail right there. It says for authorized vehicles only, and the government vehicle says for authorized use only, I'm going through there. <laughs> um, so I went through there, and we go north on 95, and he finds a road. And we're driving down this road, and we're looking at, you know, Google Maps, basically. It tells us when we're going to get there, about 45 minutes after we need to be there. So I said, I can make that much time up. Um, and, I mean, the license plate said for authorized use only. So I, I'm driving, you know, and when I say driving, I'm, I'm really driving. And we're on this, I don't know if y'all have ever been on the roads in South Carolina, but they're, uh, yeah. So we're on this, this, this two-lane country highway that turns into a two-lane road that turns into crush and run, that turns into paved washboards, that turns into dirt washboards and I ain't slowed down a lick. And all of a sudden I see a wall of rain. I don't know where it came from, but it's, it's coming and I hadn't lifted one bit. I got to get there. I got to be there on time. And I'm just barreling down. And and as the rain hits us and I'm fumbling for headlights and windshield washer, windshield wipers, all of a sudden I see in the road in front of me, the road condition changes drastically. And I can't say anything to to my buddy and this new guy that's in the backseat. Hold on, we're going to wreck. And the truck slides and goes off in the ditch. And it, there we were fishtailing and slinging mud everywhere. Somehow I didn't hit anything. We get out of the truck, check the truck, make sure everything's okay. We look at our clock again and say, we can still make it. And we take off again. And we made it. Uh, we had the, everything went fine. But the next morning we get to work and this new guy, new guys have this ability to not know when to shut their mouth. <laughs> and... My commander walks into my office and says, Hey, Sergeant Woodson, how'd everything go yesterday? And I was like, oh, it was great, sir. And he's like, yeah. And this new guy's sitting there in the office. Man, Sergeant Woodson really can't drive. <clears throat> and the commander looks at him and says, what do you mean? And he tells the story I just told you guys. And my commander looks at me and says, "What do you know, you could have just canceled the mission and not been a dummy. But I had to make things happen. That was the way I dealt with adversity. When plans changed, I was going to bulldoze through everything in my way to make it happen, come heck or high water. I was going through it. Y'all probably know some people like that. You may be that person. And that's that's what we're looking at today. Is that the right way of handling things? If we were just to talk one-on-one, sometimes I'll tell you, Getting through something and getting stuff done is the right way that we need to do things, but sometimes it's not. One of my favorite characters is Paul. He was somebody not unfamiliar with change. He started our, our narrative of Paul in, in Scripture. starts. He was a Pharisee. He was a persecutor of Christians. Then he had this Damascus Road experience in Acts chapter 9, and his plans changed. He preached to the Jews. In Acts chapter 13, we read about them rejecting the message that he came with. His plans changed. He became a missionary to the Gentiles. He had ministry plans that we read about all throughout the book of Acts, that imprisonment changed. He was headed to Rome to deal with his imprisonment right at the end of the book of Acts, chapters 27 and 28, and he ended up shipwrecked. And again, his plans changed. So this little brief snapshot kind of Paul's life, we see that change was actually a normal thing for him. Not changing would have been more change for Paul. He wrote about change and how to deal with changes of plans, how he was dealing with changes of plans several times in Scripture. To the Corinthians, he had planned to go to them. He, had, he wrote about this in, in, in excuse me, 2 Corinthians uh, chapters 1 and 2. He wrote that he was planning on coming to them after going to, or before going to Macedonia, and then he was going to stop by again on his way back. But they had plans that changed because there was conflict of some sort. We don't read in Scripture exactly what that conflict was, but there was conflict of some sort, and instead of going, he changed plans. Let's make no bones about it. This was not Paul being non-confrontational. Paul wrote a letter instead of physically going to them, and that letter, he's rather blunt he deals with the things that he needed to deal with in that church, but he had a goal to accomplish, and he still accomplished it while maintaining a degree of peace. In this case, he consciously made a decision to change his own plans because of what was going on. And, but he didn't let that change of plans interrupt accomplishing what was needed. Instead of, again, personally traveling, he wrote them. We're going to turn to First Thessalonians. Uh, we're starting in chapter two. If you brought your Bible this morning, that's in the New Testament. after the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. we have Acts, Romans, first and Second Corinthians, and then a, a, a memory device that I like to use called "Go Eat Popcorn." Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. And then you have First and Second Thessalonians. So First Thessalonians is where we're at chapter two. And we're going to read about another change situation for Paul, starting at verse 17. But brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated, this this word, this word orphaned, Paul uses, it emphasizes hurt. It emphasizes emotion, but it also it, it, it sets up. The fact that Paul had zero control over the situation. People don't orphan themselves intentionally. That's not something people do. It it happens. Unfortunately, it happens. Um, I was an, an older child when I became orphaned because my parents passed but it was not something I would have picked. It's, that is not a situation that, that people just pick. It's something you don't have control over. So Paul said, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time, in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. If your plans ever changed, but, and you made effort single effort to keep them the same. I'm talking spend more money, do more things, adjust everything, make people angry, do all kinds of things to keep what you had in mind happening. I'm not saying that Paul is making people angry here, but, but I'm saying th- this is us. We will pull out all of the stops for what we want to happen to happen. Paul says, we made every effort to see you, for we wanted to come see you again. Here's some emphasized passion that Paul had. Have you ever had that thing you wanted to do that you were really passionate about? You really wanted to do this thing. I'm I'm going to, I told you all my story, I was going to do it. I had to do it. It didn't matter that I was going to wreck the truck and potentially hurt all of us. You ever been there? I'm, I'm going to push through it, whatever it is, because I, this is my plan and I'm going to make it happen. We wanted to come see you. Paul says, certainly I, Paul did again and again. The passion he had was real. But Satan blocked our way. Even when our plans are godly, even when the things we want to do, we feel like God is calling us to do, Scripture tells us to do, we live in a world where people exercise self-sovereignty. We live in a world that that sin is, is real, and even when we have the right intentions to follow God through something, the enemy has a say. There are things that happen outside of our control that prevent our plans, even the best of plans, from happening. So Satan blocked our way. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory? Again, Paul is emphasizing that he's heartbroken over this change of plan. He loved these people. He wanted to come see them. Crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes. Is it not you indeed you are our glory and joy. This response from Paul though is important to us. If we were to keep reading this story, we'd get into chapter 3. I'll read you guys a couple snippets from several different verses. One of the things Paul says was, we sent Timothy. If we were to jump down to verse 3 of of chapter 3, it says, so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. Paul came up with another plan. He came up... The reason Paul wanted to go to the church was because they needed to be taught. They needed understanding. So when he himself couldn't go, he found another pastor to go and sent them. He wrote them a letter. He accomplished all the things that needed to be accomplished by changing the plan. Plan A didn't work, so we changed the plan to plan B. Have you ever been there? Have you said in your mind, by this age, I'm going to have the house, the the right kitchen table, the right bedroom set, the right truck, the right boat? And then you come home from a trip, you back the boat in the shop, and your wife comes out, we need to talk, I'm pregnant. And now you're like, oh gosh. I don't even carry a wallet most of the time because I have kids. (laughs) Have you ever said, I'm going to raise my children to be like this, and then you encounter rebellion amongst teenagers? And then find out that there's another church leader that they will listen to, and you have to make a decision that you're going to, instead of forcing your kid and pushing them away, you're going to let somebody you know has a, has a biblical background, point of view, their worldview is biblical, they're going to lean into your child's life a little bit? Have you ever said, I'm going to have X amount of money in the bank by the time I'm 40? And then you encounter tragedy. And instead you have to say, I'm going to prioritize my finances and do the best I can. Have you ever said, I'm going to own a business, be a a godly contributor to my community? You encounter some roadblocks and you say, I'm going to go to work for the person I work for and be the best person I can, the best godly influence in the circles that I have. Have you ever said, I'm going to adopt? You encounter a broken system that there's no way to navigate through. And you say, I'm going to love everyone around me the best I can. Look, we got one more passage I want to get through. It's Proverbs. We're going to return to chapter 16. Proverbs is basically right in the middle of your Bible in the Old Testament. This is Solomon writing wisdom. And he talks about plans from people and plans from God. He says this, To humans belong the plans of the heart. These these plans of the heart. We like to set our order. We like to set up the way things are going to go. We know how we want things to happen. But from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. While we have our own plans that we set up, God has the best order. We're going to work through this and we'll see why this this ultimately matters. We'll see why starting in the next verse. All of a person's ways seem pure to them. I've had, again, these plans and I know I can't be the only one in the room that we're going to do something this way or that way and somebody asks why and you have this fabulous explanation that you manufactured. Um, We will rationalize and justify things until we're blue in the face. Look at our children if you if you are I, I like to use teenagers as an example I, I work with teenagers here I'm a parent of teenagers. I see teenagers in the crowd that you there are parents of teenagers or parents who once parented teenagers in the crowd. how many times- or you were a teenager, how many times have you did you or did your parents come to you and you said, well um Johnny did it. And, did, and how many of you heard it? If Johnny jumped off a bridge, would you do it? <laughs> we will rationalize everything. We'll justify in our own hearts what's right and what's, what's wrong, what we want to do. But Solomon wrote, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Not what we do, why we do is measured by God. Here's the next part of this. This is Solomon's wisdom. It's his advice. We, we've already set up that we know we do it. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. This is the alternative for us. It's the alternative for human plans. If we commit to God, our plans, what we're going to do, the actions, we decide we're going to take. If we commit them to God, our motives take a back seat. And our motives are what drive. I said earlier, it's not that plans change. It's how we respond to plans changing. Our motives are what drives how we respond when when plans change. This is the formula Solomon is giving us to keep our plans safe as best we can. Paul was a missionary, an apostle. His plans to do godly things changed. It's not that your plans won't change even when you have the best plans. But how we respond to plans becomes different when we commit our plans to God. I'll tell you guys one more quick story, and then I'll, I'll finish. This week I have a friend, very dear friend. We uh, went to seminary together. Uh, he is in Texas now. Used to live here. I'm really hopeful they'll end up back here one day. I really miss them, but really uh, had a really interesting conversation with him this week. They were they're out in Texas, and he and his wife were traveling somewhere. They're in their van, and um, they were at a four way stop. Somebody doesn't understand how four way stops work. It was his turn to go. He goes to go. Somebody cuts him off and he did what we do. He blew the horn. The guy stops. He goes on, but then the guy turns out behind him and follows him. It's him and it, my buddy and his wife and some guy in some vehicle behind him, and he drives, and maybe somewhat evasively uh, and, and tells his wife, hey, look, it's, it's probably time to call 911. So she calls 911. They're literally on the phone with... People for help. He makes a couple more turns. The guy is definitely following them. They get to a spot, and the 911 operator says, There's a police officer half a mile behind you. You need to stop. They stop, and the guy rear ends them. And my friend jumps out of his vehicle. He's a good southern boy and participates in some of the sports that us southern boys participate in. And I won't say any more than that other than he was about to be aggressive. And as he got, that was his plan. This guy had chased him in traffic and rear-ended him with his wife in the vehicle. And he got out of the vehicle and he remembered, I'm a pastor. I'm a follower of Jesus, and that man has his son in his car. I'm not going to do what I thought I was going to do. Sometimes our plans need to change. The takeaway from this is that plans change. It's simple. This is a very simple message, but we're at the time of year where we grate on one another. We get tired, we travel, we move from our already busy schedules become more and more busy. Realize this, plans change. Sometimes we have to make a decision for everyone's benefit because plans change. Sometimes our plans change because there's outside influences that we don't have any choice in the matter. We have no control. Sometimes our plans change because our own motives are skewed and we need to commit our motives to the Lord. That's the best plan. When we do that and our plans do change, all we have to do is go back to that, check our motive. If it's godly, go to plan B. Father, I've said it a couple times today. We're at the time of year where we spend time with family. We, there's more people out and about. There's a lot going on. And while we're in a season of thanksgiving, we tend to let emotions and, and situations wear our skin thin and conflict rises. Father, I pray that we keep in mind this season to keep ourselves focused on you. And when plans change, God, we seek a way to honor you. And that's all. It's in your name that we pray and ask for this help. Amen. Hey, Grace Community Church, we'll see y'all next time.